0: But I want it too, and I had to fight inch for inch to get this, and I'm not about to lay down on my back and let someone cover me.
1: I thank you very much.
0: <laughs> we're gonna be right back. Seth Rollins, I'm coming for you, boy.
1: I'm coming hard. Well, you're not gonna bust a nut anytime we're in the ring. After I beat you and satisfy all the Hulkamaniacs. I'm going to get
0: off by cranking your knob just a little beyond the breaking point. Because I'm going to stretch his ass like it's never been stretched before. You can hide behind that commissioner's stuff just so long until I jerk a knot in your ass. And Mark Henry is handling the big Johnson.
1: Jimmy Garvin, you touched me in a personal way you never touched me before. Then you step up. And if you don't think I'm big enough, brother... And you grab a hold of me, and you'll know that I'm growing, my man. Within your hands, I will get as big as I need to be, as big as I need to be to do the job on you.
0: He was successful in just using his mouth to get the man off. I am sick and tired of playing around with kids. I'm here to get it on with the big boys. And when we come to Philadelphia this time, there's going to be no mistake in what's going to happen. I'm going to come on you like nobody's ever come on you before. No baby doll at your side. Nobody to run distractions for you. Just you and I getting it on like two men should do. This isn't some game. This is where men are men and the boys stay on the side and watch what's going on. Mm-hmm.
1: Good shit, late to every episode Late so much I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test Bob rude <laughs>
0: I want to be a podcaster, yay Is my, my name go. Kenta, I'm going to call him Kenta Dynamite, drop in Monty That broadcasting school is really paying off for you <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton Oh my god, mine just stopped recording
1: No, we're good, we're still recording What a dick to I'd cease and desist me i see something and me hard.
0: I need a minute to recover off that.
1: What kind of game is it? War games.
0: Let a war. War
1: games. Here are impressions. Uh, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a dog.
0: dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Jinx! Holy shit. How did that actually happen?
1: Here
0: we go. Get up, you son of a bitch! Top of Wrestling. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy Wrestling Day to you all. We're back. It's the Top of Wrestling podcast. I am the professor, Mark Fantasia. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. As always, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If I don't get it out of the way early, I forget to. It is another day of wrestling this week. We have a top topic, and it's a good one. It's going to really bring back uh, a lot of nostalgia, if you will. It is the top 25 defunct TV shows of all time. Not, you know, sitcoms. We're talking wrestling shows, of course. Last week, you know that, you know, we always do good wrestling, good flicks. Last week, if you couldn't figure it out, it was the Karate Kid Trilogy. Or, <laughs> I don't know, you could, the, if you have the next Karate Kid in there, the one with Hillary. Swank. No,
1: no, not
0: no, no, no. Live or die, man. Die. Wrong. <laughs> it's the only thing we didn't get to use last week, so that's why it was the name of the episode. This week, uh, I can see it being a little bit of a, a fight you will we may throw some hands you never know but what do you got for news before we dive into monday night wars before we dive into our top topic do you have any news this week anything positive i feel like all we ever do is bring negative news out to the table holy shit oh my god i'm asking for him and I wonder he hasn't said anything yet <laughs> ladies and gentlemen fuck
1: chicken nuggets all right ladies and gentlemen odm because I'm the best around. Oh, wait, that was last week. That's right. Cut me, <laughs> Professor. Cut me. <laughs>
0: Cut me. One of the grossest things I've... I still, to this day, every time I see that exact scene, I like ugh, cringe. Man, Only in America. Hit the one in the middle. <laughs> right. Hit the one in the middle. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Hey, speaking of, if he dies tonight... Or if he dies, he dies tonight. Is blood and guts? Someone gonna die? We're gonna see some guts. We're gonna see some blood. I. I it's not gonna be a one match show though. Did you see that? It, we are gonna have uh, Cody versus yes. uh, Cutie Marshall.
1: Marshall. Cutie. Yeah. Actually, right. what I but read now as
0: that, uh... I was trying. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. As I was trying to ask you, do you have
1: any news? I got a little bit of news i have got a little bit of news here uh I'll start with the uh the first one i, I well actually you know I'll have to look at your notes because you always rearrange shit on me here so let's go this way I oh, know you actually had it in the same order. Right, you know what I'm gonna uh, go
0: with I'm just kidding
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's called a callback um so a little controversial uh news here i I don't know how true this is. I'm interested to see what's where this is actually gonna go, but apparently uh. According to S.E. Scoops, I have no idea who that is, but uh, I've seen it reported through other websites citing them, is that Tessa Blanchard and her husband have been in discussions with AEW for about a month and it's very possible that they're close to signing with AEW. Uh, Not familiar with her husband, so I don't really care as much about that, but Tessa Blanchard should just walk in and instantly become the women's champ. I mean, I don't think that there's any way about it. Let's put aside the... uh, you know, the allegations and the history and all that. Uh, But as a pure performer, she should walk in and become champion.
0: I know it's, you know, it's what 2021 is, right? It's cancel culture. Let's cancel everybody. Let's, you know, blackball them from every business, whether it's the movie industry, the music industry, whatever it is. And, of course, the wrestling industry. I think some people should be blackballed. And some should be given a second chance. Tessa should be given a second chance. I mean, I don't know. I mean, her allegations, if you will, are not as bad as... You still got fucking Jackson Ryker, whatever his name is, on, on Raw. You want to talk about a second chance? That dude, I'm shocked, actually, still has a job. Everybody on his stable's gone, but he's still there for some reason. And he's the one who put the fucking tweet out. I think Tessa should be given a second chance, but you're right. As soon as she comes in, steamroll everybody, and then you build her and Britt Baker in a great match because that's yep. your two top people.
1: Exactly. Nailed it. All right. That's what I do. Uh, I nail things, man. Something- <laughs> I hit the one in the middle. <laughs> yeah, you got to work that one out. Uh, so I saw this the other day and uh, got a little bit excited. Uh, Andrade uh, has his first match set up. He's going to be fighting Alberto El Patron in his first match outside the WWE. So that should be interesting. Talk about second chances. Um, uh, but I- <laughs> we already know my fucking feelings on him. So move on
0: from that one. That's I- actually not the news that I care about. For yeah, Andrade this I know, week, all
1: right? Andrade Go put ahead. out a challenge. And that challenge was to Kenny Omega for the AAA championships. Uh, Omega has responded, uh, and, it, and it was a tweet, and it says, I'm a busy guy. Give me some time to think about it. Kind of a weak response, in my opinion, but uh, the seeds are there. There's it's to of build something here. Yeah, yeah.
0: Who's to say that Andrade doesn't show up? on? Oh, well, he's still – wait, does he have a – yeah, he's got a 90-day com, compete clause thing, I'm sure, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But it's in the U.S., right? That I don't know. Uh, asking me all these questions. That makes you wonder, because I'm like, if he could just work it in somehow or show up somehow, or even a video package of him <laughs> showing up on Dynamite just to fuck with Kenny a little bit or something like that.
1: Yeah, well, wouldn't that be similar to Brett? Like, Brett showed up on Nitro right away, but I don't think he could wrestle for a while. But he was able to show up on Nitro. I think you're right.
0: Yeah, well, hey, we're talking late
1: different times. Seven and
0: twenty twenty one, and Vince has been screwed over a couple of times since then. So many, it's so funny how many times guys have held him for like literal like ransom before they're about to head to the ring. Ultimate Warrior did it, Jeff Jarrett. Like, yeah, sure, I'll give you the money, and then he fires him right after. He's been fucked over too many times, so I don't know. I I, I don't get the ninety day compete clause to an extent I get it. But then I, I I'm also like, all right. It's like, if I lost my job or you lost your job today, your job tells you, but I don't want you to go working for 90 days. What the fuck? I got a family to feed. That's, I think it's a selfish thing to do, but
1: eh. yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. It certainly seems that way. Uh, next piece of news, uh, WWE to work with MLW, uh, very similar. Like they are currently doing with evolve and like they did with ECW. um, I don't have too much to say on this at the moment. I'm actually going to save this uh, from when we're at the table later. Uh, cause okay, fair enough. Conspiracy theory kind of fantasy booking kayfabe bullshit.
0: Fair enough. Um, I, If it happens, I think that it's obviously all for the better for a lot of the guys that are in MLW, man, especially. I mean, I, you've Jacob heard me Batu. sing these praises. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially if you want to – You want to talk about putting something right in very easily to the whole Roman Reigns storyline and everything going like that with the family? Done. The thing is is that the only reason WWE is like, yeah, we'll work with MLW, is because everybody else is already working with each other everywhere else. You know I mean? New Japan, AAA, Impact, and now uh, AEW, all four are all pretty much, in a way, working with each other. WWE is like the only one that looks selfish. (laughs) So they're like, oh, let's grab someone. But I'm glad it's MLW because they need a good kick in the ass. They were great for a while, but that's when they had your MJF. That's when they, you like all those guys that were on there, like it's kind of died down a bit, but so did everything with COVID.
1: Yeah, lots of, it's hard because, you know, we're starting to see a lot more crossover, obviously, and that's great. Um, but you know when wwes involved kind of hmm. sucks but exactly eh, what are you so do?
0: don't expect much but we'll find out when when we uh get to a, uh, the, the table later
1: absolutely uh
0: what else we got this week
1: Uh, some exciting, exciting shit, and I was going to kind of this is kind of where I was going to head with my bring it to the table, but uh, I'll kind of just lump it all in here. Vice TV's confirmed the topics for season 3 of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, It's going to be split into like two seasons kind of, two halves, like they do with The Walking Dead or other shows. Uh, The first part of the episodes are going to cover Brian Pillman, obviously. That's going to be the two-hour premiere. Uh, The Collision in Korea. Nick Gage, The Ultimate Warrior, Grizzly Smith, and Dynamite Kid. The Dynamite Kid, I think, is going to be a really, really interesting one. Uh, second half is going to be in the late summer. It's going to co- cover the steroid trials in WWF. Uh, Onita's FMW promotion, Luna Vashon, which should be dope. Mm. Um, the Plane Ride from Hell, Rob Black's XPW promotion, uh, Johnny k9 also known as Bruiser Bedlam, and Chris Canyon. So some really, you know, some good... I, it's a solid lineup, man. Um, just the amount of documentaries and the resurgence i know nightwing kind of touched on it but man i watched i did watch the uh the biography for steve austin it was good i knew a lot of the stuff just to see it in a different right. context was cool uh but the roddy piper one oh man i got mm-hmm. choked up at the end man man
0: he's every he's, time i go back and see anything of him I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. He was the greatest man. You he- don't throw
1: stones at a guy with a machine gun.
0: Ball out of bubble gum. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I, let me ask you: Has the Dark Side of the Ring started
1: yet? Uh, uh sorry, I didn't hear what you were saying. I was uh, chasing a chicken around my office here. <laughs> Did Dark Side of the Ring start up yet? Uh, it no. took me a second
0: on that. That was a good one. <laughs> the, the chase and the chicken took me a second. I got it.
1: <laughs> it was out of nowhere. um I, I should have broke date, your thumbs. <laughs> um, no, I don't have that date. Okay, I, be- I believe it right. is in about a week or two. Cool, but yeah, that. You that know Pelman why I fight? To be
0: great. Oh yeah. Do you know why I fight? How's I can't that? sing or dance. I'm excited about it, man, and it, it, there's been, like you said, it, just a big resurgence of all these documentaries and things of of wrestling, and you know what it reminds me of is in the late 90s, in 98, 99, if you go on YouTube, you can find it. They had a lot of different, uh, what do you call it, Um, documentaries on the Biography Channel, A&E, things like that, all these different things that were actually about wrestling at the time because it was so hot but th- now it's just like man, it's, i don't think wrestling's that hot right now that like people would start to you know like, want to watch these but why i'm bringing that up is there's people that i know personally who are not wrestling fans and they're like Holy shit, did anybody watch this uh hidden treasures thing with Undertaker and Kane? Oh my god, it's phenomenal! (laughs) It's so it's really funny that like people who don't watch wrestling are really getting into it and it's starting to open the doors for more people. So I think it's a great thing that we have this uh brand new, you know, again, you say the word resurgence of all these documentaries. But the one thing I am really interested in. That plane ride from hell. Mm -hmm. That is going... Because there are so many different sides of the story, so many different versions. I mean, you have Angle uh, uh, wrestling with Vince McMahon on the plane, Mr. Perfect and Brock Lesnar. If I'm not mistaken, someone shaves Xbox eyebrows. Like, it's hysterical. And I just read... I just read the... There was an interview, or no? It was from uh, Kurt Angle's podcast. He said that in the on that plane ride from hell, when he when he and Kurt were wrestling on the ground, the flight attendant came over and said, "the uh, the, the captain said if you guys don't stop, he's gonna land the plane." And he goes, "Tell him I'll buy the fucking plane."
1: <laughs> Somebody was pissing in the car. I think Razor Ramon was pissing in the corner. No, Razor wasn't there at that time. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody no. took a whiz on the no, plane. No, no, no.
0: He might have been there because that was 2002. That was when uh and oh, yeah. came back. Yeah, that's right. So it's a good chance that he may
1: have been there pissing. <laughs> yeah, somebody was pissing on the plane. I think Flair was naked. Yeah, it was all kinds of craziness.
0: I can't wait for that episode. And I don't know who they have involved with their interviews, but I hope you have at least Kurt Angle there because he was on that, that plane ride. Who else could you get? I mean, you can't have an actual... Well, you can't have WWE Hall of Famers and stuff, all those guys. Could you imagine if they got
1: Brock? Oh, my God. That would be awesome. No way. No, he won't. He won't.
0: Man, I would love to just hear him candidly talk.
1: The only other interview I've ever seen with him was that it was like an ESPN thing, and they were in his barn, because he lives like on a farm in Saskatchewan, and like... His phone, he does not have a phone in his house. It's in the shed, which is, like, a mile down the road from his house. Uh, and they're interviewing him, and, you know, they're going through history, and then they start asking about steroids, and he gets pissed, and he fucking gets up. And you can see, like, everybody start to back up, because he gets up, and they're all like, oh, no, 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 I'm good. I want none of that. I want none of that.
0: It wasn't me that asked him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it'll uh, be what interesting. Else to see what we got for news this week?
1: Uh, just one more, man. I saw this one. The only, you know, I, This isn't big news to me, but I threw it in there because I wasn't sure if you saw Your boy, El Fantasmo, is going to be making his debut in Impact this week. Uh, it'll be this That's Thursday, right. May 6th. So, yeah, man, the crossovers continue.
0: I like him. Uh, he's young. He's uh, cocky, but a good wrestler. Like, not MJF cocky. He's very charismatic. He had a match I, I with MJF. He did. You're yep. right. You know, and speaking of charismatic, something, you know, this is, I have to turn it to a, a negative for just half a second. The other day, uh, Nightwing sent us something, and it was about the Young Bucks, and I just wrote, fuck the Bucks.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, everything
0: I see right now of them on the, the clips that I've seen, everything, I'm like, they've made me go from thinking like, all right, I'll, I'll defend them, though, because they are indie wrestling, and they're really trying to take over. I don't, I hate them now. I absolutely hate when they come on TV now. Just got to say that, that's it. That's nothing that I was bringing to the table, but I guess that's (laughs) something that's technically, you know what? Let's bring something to the table right now. (laughs) Just bring it, bitch! (laughs) Oh my gosh, God! It could not have worked out any better with me bitching about the Young Bucks, because my bring it to the table this week is just going to be a touch more bitching. Why does WWE have tag team championships? Why do they even have tag teams? They don't care about it. They don't respect it. I mean, really, right now, your tag team champions have just finally come to Raw this past Monday after being away since WrestleMania. means you don't care about your tag team champions at all. I mean, it isn't almost supposed to be like on a hot streak and you kept them off TV what three weeks since Mania. Also, your other tag team champions are just two guys that are good wrestlers. Yeah. Just threw together. Cause you had nothing else to do with them because you don't know what you're doing. And right now they're still fighting with the daddy and son combo of the Mysterios and uh the private, private profits. It's it's ridiculous. Tag team wrestling in WWE is probably at its all-time worst, I feel like, to be honest with you. And it sucks, because go back to 2016, 2017, the Usos and the New Day were tearing it up. American Alpha, DIY, uh, Red Dragon, or uh, Undisputed Era. Even in NXT, tag team wrestling has gone way downhill. Everything, yeah. I, just, I feel like... WWE has just stopped caring about tag team wrestling, and that sucks because, again, it's one of my favorite things of all time. I'm sorry. It's just you can really tell a good story by just having a good tag team wrestling match, but nope. That's what I'm bringing to the table this
1: week. Very good, very good. Did
0: you
1: get the license number? The truck (laughs) ran over your face.
0: Take her to the zoo. <laughs>
1: hey,
0: how's my face look?
1: Uh, I wouldn't want it. That's that's my favorite line. All right. There we go. Ain't going to be no rematch. Uh, After Blood and one Gus
0: tonight, ain't going to be no rematch.
1: Don't want one. <laughs> All right. All right. So I, I'm going to kind of ramble here because that's kind of what I'm, I do. So you should be used to it by now. Um, I was thinking about this the other day, man, because uh, I actually saw that, you know, WWE is supposed to be working with MLW, you know, and you've got AEW working with these other promotions and, uh, you know, and JPW has changed their stance with new leadership. Uh, so it definitely seems to be happening a lot more. But, you know, a lot of people don't understand that WWE has had previous, you know, other relationships. You know, they're doing Evolve right now. Uh, which to me is more of almost like a takeover, not a hostile takeover, because they're still kind of operating independently, but WWE just owns them. But you had other things like, uh, you know, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, OVW, you know, and um, ECW. You know, more famously, a lot of people didn't know, especially back then, that, you know, ECW was kind of like the NXT to WWE. It's just it wasn't that open. It was more behind the scenes. Um, and, and Vince is, let's be honest, you know, whether you like him or not as a booker, he's probably the most successful promoter in wrestling ever. Just when you look at longevity and financials alone. Right. And I mean, even
0: just businessman, really just a yeah. businessman alone, right. probably more successful out of, I mean, he has not had to file for bankruptcy. You know what I'm saying? It, exactly. Had a business going forever. So and, you're and, right. And, yeah. You know, it's.
1: Yeah, and Triple H just actually sold $2 million worth of his WWE stock, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, But this is where I'm going to get kind of conspiracy theorish. Just when you think about Vince's history, his reputation, his abilities, uh, his stature as a businessman above all else, what if this is all just a big work and he's openly working with AEW and New Japan and Impact And these releases are people that are just like, you know, some of them are unceremonious. So it kind of, you know, takes the water out of the argument. But just what if, just what if he's kind of just running things from behind the scenes and he's kind of like, he's, he's making the shots, right? He's calling the shots. So he can say, all right, yeah, I'm not letting Roman Reigns go wrestle on AEW. That's never going to happen. But, you know, this guy, hey, all right, listen. Uh, we're, we're letting you go and you can go again. It doesn't seem that way. That's why I'm getting very conspiracy theorish. but it was just a thought that came to my head that there's all this talk about the forbidden door, Um, you know, and Hunter said they're open for business. So, you know, how do we know that this isn't already happening? And it's just we're not really seeing the open effects of it. Very conspiracy theorish, but. It's just something that my mind is going. On. It would have probably been, sounded a lot better had I taken some notes to form uh, a coherent thought. But you know, no, it was just no, something the, to hang think on, about. I, you know?
0: Everything you just said makes a lot of sense because the the most uh, the biggest takeaway, Chris Jericho was on a WWE Network podcast. Yep, and not only mentions the names Sammy Guevara and Tony Khan. Yep. But he also says AEW. You didn't do that back in the day. You never said WCW on WWE television. You wouldn't. You would say those other guys on that network. Or like, well, that's kind of how we're hearing it with WCW referring to uh, WWF back in the day when we're revisiting the Monday Night Wars. But one point you said, and it. I swear to God, the, I, I was sitting here thinking about this, that when we said that it's kind of like uh MLW is the old ECW or evolve or whatever right when you said smoky mountain holy shit that was before ECW i forgot yeah. cornette came in with the yep. heavenly bodies and all those guys New and Jack. was like yeah th- these are the smoky mountain tag team champions motherfucker <laughs> and dude it the more you, you you say this maybe he he's like Yeah, you know what? Let the whole world think I'm a piece of shit. But, hey, if you want to go, Rusev, if you want to go wrestle on AEW, go be Miro. Yeah, I don't care. Go ahead. We got Lana. You got there. Go ahead. You know what I mean? Kind of like a – I can't say that he's in contact with Tony Khan. Right. But I could see it being a telling it to the talent. Hey, I want you to go work somewhere else. I'll bring you back when you need to. Look, they did it with Drew. Look, at Drew was in 3MB, and I was the, one of the more saddest people ever when it came to that because I was like, there's so much potential. He's just he's, he's playing an air guitar. And he goes back to ICW. He goes into TNA. He makes all the rounds before becoming a whole package again. We see him in NXT. I thought that's what Cody was gonna do. To be honest with you, he was making his rounds. You know, he he had his whole list of uh, dream opponents that he wanted to wrestle with, and I thought he was gonna eventually go back to WWE. I didn't think he was gonna create his own company, but good for him. But is Cody working with Vince in some way? You know what I mean? Like I think you're. I mean, fuck Orton makes a lot of references to it. Remember we were saying. That's how he negotiated his contract. Now you got me really thinking, but maybe it is all you know—a kayfabe or in our own minds, who knows? Uh, man, that's a that's a really smart idea, and it makes it makes WWE
1: home team, home team. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> go for it! Oh my god, it's so bad that.
0: Yo, that kid had absolutely the worst acting of all time. And you're like, oh, my God, it was his son? Oh, there it is.
1: One more round.
0: One more. (laughs) Sue me for what? (laughs) Touch me and I'll sue you. (laughs) Hey, wait. You know what we haven't referenced? A meatball. Meatball Thunder Lips. (laughs) Ultimate male meatball. That's all right. Hey, lady. Hey, lady.
1: Why don't you come over later tonight? Show you what a real man looks like. Show you real man. <laughs> come on, champ. He ain't so bad. <laughs> That's my favorite. We used to do that. We play hockey. <laughs> we had this guy on our team It's just big brute with a mohawk, and we used to, I'd get him all riled up. And yeah, he's so bad. He's so bad. You know when? Uh, well,
0: Bang. that champ is. Doing his workout session, he's like pulling himself up and down on like two bars. I used to do that in the pool as a kid, thinking I was doing the same thing. I was like, (laughs) "Well, he did it." (laughs) He could have been on the A team one day.
1: Anyway, right? Would have fit in.
0: (laughs) Well, hey, let's take you back in time, like we said last week. Wrestling is such a—it's such a good time to be a wrestling fan. Well, let's go back to '96. (laughs) Marty You've got to come back with me.
1: Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, we become assholes or something? Give me that, hell yeah!
0: You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the Battle lines have been drawn! D-Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day! You
1: work. May 6th, 1996, we are going to open up with Raw. show opens up with a very brief dedication to Ray Stevens, who just passed away. Um, good to see you that, you know, no matter what you want to say about the company, they always uh, paid respect for the most part.
0: I got to say something about that Ray Stevens beginning thing. I have a question. Uh, they show you the tribute about him, and then it's uh, you have the... WWF moniker, the, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. They always, the, uh, video package. Yeah. Why do you put it beforehand? Is it like, why don't you guys know this isn't about the show? This is a real thing. Like, do you think that's why they do it before that? Like kind of like this. If let's say, uh, unfortunately, right. Let's say tomorrow Bret Hart dies. Hmm. They will show the graphic of him or a video tribute before the then now forever. Correct. So my point is, it because they're saying this isn't a part of the show. I was, I've just always wondered that, and I wrote why because I was I was curious.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would think that it's yeah because you don't want to have you know your intro, you don't want to have the intro to Raw or like SmackDown where you see DC's playing and then going tonight we pay tribute to you know. You know, whereas you kind of, you know, you you know, you kind of expect it. It's it's known. So it's like we want to put this out here first. We want to let you know that we're paying our respects. And now let's get on with the show. I'll go with that.
0: That's that's fair, especially with the ECW or the ACDC (laughs) opening, like you're saying. Are you ready? (laughs) All right. Let's get into the show. What happened?
1: Oh, well, uh, I don't know if Russo was writing at this point because it definitely seemed like an mm. intro to Sally or, uh, Sally Fields. That's the wrong person. You know, Sally, Ref- Jesse Raphael or fucking the other guy. But um, an interview with a shadowed woman, the ex-wife of a former wrestler, HBK ruined my marriage. He ruined my life. He's a home wrecker. And I'll tell you why. And then, boom, all of <laughs> a sudden, it opens to Raw. And
0: i like, what the <laughs> fuck just happened here? Like, wait a second. Am I watching Jerry Springer? Like, yeah. it was really weird. And I go, I kind of don't remember this. This is odd. But like I said, like, it opened up that way. Ray Stevens, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Shawn Michaels ruined my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> It's just really odd. That's how they open up Raw. It was an odd intro, yeah. But then they don't really make much of a mention of it. Now we just go right into one, two, three, kid versus
1: Mark Marrow. Yeah. Yeah, man. This match wasn't as good as the one uh from the dark match from In Your House. Uh it wasn't Marrow's best match. Uh there were a couple slight botches in this match. Um it pretty much is just used to further the feud coming up between Triple H and, and Marrow you know that's really about it
0: well something i gotta say about that marrow or i'm sorry into this feud triple h is on commentary hunter Hurst helmsley you know triple h and Shawn michaels were the ones to out kofi kingston if you don't remember didn't you have an accent at one point (laughs) well let me ask you this how come no one did that shit to him Yeah. You see, Vince, as I am the WWE Intercontinental
1: Champion, but I can't really do it. You know what I'm saying?
0: Like, all of a sudden, he just dropped the accent, and he was the game.
1: Uh, Yeah, this is really a pivotal point, because you can kind of see him keeping that persona of Hunter Hearst Helmsley, but starting to kind of veer away from it, almost like Undertaker did with the dead man with the purple gloves and the eye shadow to a guy who would talk more. And you know what I mean? Uh, you yep. you kind of, This is when you're starting to see him come out a little bit more.
0: Uh, you had a couple of great lines in here. Vince uh, did do a little Daryl Strawberry blackballed reference because that was <laughs> extremely fresh at that moment. Uh, but Jerry Lawler, best line of the entire segment for the match. Hey, Vince, did you know Triple H, Blue and Sable's ear? She said, thanks for the refill. <laughs> 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 God, I love good commentary. Yeah. Yo, speaking of, that new guy is getting his ass kicked online, man, uh, for Raw. I, I'm at, glad I know, only you know, saw it once. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I guess the other day is Braun Strowman was running around the ring. He said out loud, we need a bigger boat. And everyone went to Twitter and was like, are you serious, dude? This sucks. This guy sucks. Take him off. <laughs> it's just another Vince clone. Yeah. So what and now after this, what happens? The lady vignette comes back. Can I can I tell you my favorite lines? Can I guess one? He Yes. He smelled so good. Smelled so good. (laughs) And it was the best that she ever had. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck is going on here, man? (laughs) (laughs) I kind of felt like I was watching Squiggle Vision, if you will. So they're starting to go towards that, but now we have the man who is going to be facing Shawn Michaels soon. We have British Bulldog taking on Fatu. Uh, did you know that Two had family members who were trying to recruit him to become whatever? I don't
1: remember anything about this. I don't either, and it was weird because at first I'm like, "Was those the head shrinkers and like gangsta apparel, or what's going on?" Is exactly on here? what it was. <laughs> it was.
0: Samu, and I don't remember who the other one was, but it was uh, it was funny because then he goes, they're like, you got to do it for the family. And he goes, I do it for the WWE fans. Yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus. It was terrible. uh Can I tell you one of my favorite things that it kind of died down, I feel like, right after Umaga, or as William Regal liked you could say, manga. But... Can we talk about a headbutt to the turnbuckle and it doesn't affect a Samoan? Or just anything to their heads? You have that uh, written there, don't you? I have
1: Fatu selling the can't hurt a Samoan's head spot. God, I love it! <laughs> Where did it go? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, what Samoans do you have? You got Nia Jax and Tamina. I think Tamina sells it, actually. Actually, I think Tamina still does, yeah. She's the only one. Romans Roman... started. start it. If Roman should start it, I don't know about that. That's gonna look weird. <laughs> he doesn't need that. He's, you know what I mean. Dude wore
0: a chest protector. Okay, I'm okay mm. if he pretends that he has. That's true. A hard head. That's true. What do you think uh, of his so new yeah, music? That was... Oh, we gotta yeah. take a sidetrack, yeah,
1: right? Okay,
0: <laughs> fair enough. No, no, I'm saying I like it. I, I, I'm okay with it. Do you like it? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's all right. I'm just tired of every time that he comes out of the aisle, Da-da. you have to see. Da-da. Oh, the graphic no, dog. Yeah, the stupid graphics. God yeah. damn it. It looks like it's a big balloon in the <laughs> in the arena, and it's not. Um. Then we had, what, Body Donnas versus Techno Team 2000. Body yeah. Donnas take the win. Moving on. Your main event. How excited were you when you found out that the main event announced was The Undertaker versus Owen Hart? I
1: was pretty fucking stoked. Right? I was yeah.
0: like, shit. Like, back in the day, I was probably like, well, yeah, take her win You know what I mean? But, like, I was excited to go back and see it. Once they announce it, tonight you're going to see that match. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Uh, I'll let you talk about the commentary for a moment, please.
1: All right. Well, it starts out, uh, Goldust and Marlena come on commentary. Uh, Marlena doesn't say a goddamn thing. Uh, just during, smokes the cigar. She just smokes the cigar. Uh, when... Goldust gets on the mic. They announce that they have a stipulation announced for his match with Undertaker that's coming up. And it's going to be a casket match. Goldust is selling and freaking the fuck out. It was hilarious. Starts to run back with Marlena to the to the back. And this was probably my favorite moment of doing this so far. That gong hits and the light go, lights go out. And the fucking pop... I think it's one of the biggest pops I've heard so far, and that's just for Real Taylor ones. coming out. Yep. Yeah, fucking great. So he kind of he powders back to commentary. Um, Lawler did a Marge shot Hitler joke. I wish I had written it down. Marge Schott was uh, the owner of the Cincinnati Reds, I believe, for a while, back in like, the oh, 80s and okay. 90s. Uh, She was known for not being very fond of people who were not white. Um, um, and they kind of made a joke about that. Comparing her to Hitler was quite interesting. Jesus. Yeah. Yikes.
0: Uh, can I tell you that my favorite line on commentary from Goldust, talking about Undertaker... He's so tall, he's so (laughs) clammy, he's cold, (laughs) clammy, he's tall and clammy and cold. I was so happy that that's what I got to hear. But yeah, uh, Taker, of course, takes the win, and that's how Raw goes off the air with uh, that angle, which is cool, I like this.
1: Yeah, it was. I think it would have been nice to see more of a match. It kind of was distract, taken away from by the shenanigans outside the ring, uh, like Goldust uh, unbuttoning Paul Bearer's shirt and loosening his tie and then goosing him. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, kind of took away from the in-ring work. Uh, but it, 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 for what you saw, it was cool because Owen was Owen. He was working the legs. Yeah, he was going after the knees. Yeah. So I mean, because
0: you got to chop the big guy down. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, that was I loved it. It was it, but you're right. There's a lot of shit going on in that match, and I'm like, you couldn't just focus on Taker and Owen because, yeah, Goldust basically raping Paul Bear. His commentary <laughs> was just nuts. How he sold the casket. You're right, the quivering face and shaking. It was awesome. Uh, it was one of the better, uh, main events on Raw for recent. Now, you were saying about that pop. I compare it to. I would say that was the Raw's first biggest pop that we've heard. WCW had it when Giant won the title.
1: Right. This was a really good one. But, how did Nitro do this week? Ah, well, started it off with your favorite person in the world, Pepe the Sailor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, he's going to be so pissed off when he watches this.
0: (laughs) I still don't understand how this Four Horsemen thing ends up happening. I just don't. (laughs) Right. What? knowing the in backstory what way? it doesn't
1: it just doesn't make sense being emasculated by rick flair hitting on your wife and you having a dressed up tiny dog uh yeah okay man that's the route we're going with you know what
0: things. man i'm i'm still again i'm i'm gonna stick to it until i see what happens hey if i bang your wife i'll let you be in the horseman <laughs> until i see differently <laughs> that's, that's i still I'm don't going. know how this happens <laughs> that's what i'm
1: that's what i'm going with <laughs> Uh, all right. So, uh, Hugh Morris, uh, your my favorite Dungeon of Doom member, uh, was uh, is that for real? When you say that, <laughs> no, it's not. I actually liked Hugh Morris. The name itself, think about
0: it, humorous. I oh, loved it. Oh no, and it was I got great. it. Great.
1: I can look at you.
0: No, I know you get it. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> what a dick.
1: <laughs> go ahead, meatball. That's got to go into the fucking bumper now. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Uh, Hugh Morris attacks Macho on the entrance. bell never rings, which is one thing. The opening bell never goes. I never heard it go off. So the match technically never started, even though they went into the ring and kind of started it. Um, Macho gets DQ'd. He's, he's got him uh, hanging him over the top rope. Won't let it go. Gets DQ'd. He potatoes the ref, slams him, and does the spot that you talked about, that we talked about, like, last week or the week before, the... I'm gonna drop the elbow and the ref standing in the way and matcha says, fuck it, I'm just going over you." Drops the elbow on the ref and the bell rang for No about... one does
0: that shit like that anymore, man. I know. That's a good spot. All you thing... do now is you jump out of the ring on top of fifteen guys at once and try to take them all out. Right. As opposed to, no,
1: I'm trying to hit that one guy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, one thing that AEW doesn't really do a lot, uh, and WWE doesn't even do it that much anymore, is ringing the bell during a run-in after the match, or and you know an attack after the match, or you know what I mean? Like just ring the bell, like yeah. It
0: used to be so annoying.
1: Well, as, this one they did for like
0: I, five minutes straight. They did. I know. I I forgot how much they used to do it, and I was like, you got to understand, man. You got to turn the TV down when it's going that often and that loud. It was annoying. Right. It's so maybe that's why they just don't do it anymore.
1: That's true. At first, I was excited. I'm like, "Oh, cool! They're actually doing it." And then it's like, "Why is it still happening?" It's like the fucking ice cream truck is stuck. Oh my god! I, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a good one. I like that.
1: Well, another Ray Stevens tribute. So, this one was odd. It was in the middle, but I kind of liked the way they did it. They asked for uh, donations to the Cauliflower Alley Club. Uh, it's obviously very fitting. So, you know, that was cool. And then they kind of just went on with business. I liked the way they did that one. I thought it was uh, respectful and uh, kept the show moving. I agree. Next match. Man, man, what a match! Mm-hmm. Dean Malenko and Jushin Thunder Liger with Sonny Ono. He didn't compare Sonny Ono to Trump in this one. Caught that. So, and then uh, what was your favorite patch part of this match? You know, we talked about the main event on Raw uh, being taken away from by extracurricular activities outside the ring. What about this match?
0: I don't have anything written down about extracurricular activities. I said it was just a good match between Malenko and Liger. What happened? I I may have forgotten to write it down.
1: It it got uh, it got kind of interrupted because Flair was in a tux with woman and Liz who were in evening gowns.
0: Oh my god, I forgot. Yeah, they're all eating. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) They're sitting down. We're promise going on off to the side,
1: and then uh, Flair references a killer blonde in the crowd that wants to have a drink with him, and it's Mongo's wife. And Flair tells her, you're going to know why they call me an all-around cowboy. Uh, woo. <laughs> <laughs> woo. <laughs> and then uh, you know, uh, Flair sends a drink over to him, and uh, Mongo's wife takes it like she's going to drink, it, and she dumps it out. I'm looking at my notes because I don't know if I missed something or if it's later in the night. No, I don't see it. So at one point, Why, where the hell did it go? Anyway, Mean Gene, uh, afterwards, yeah. So Mean Gene interviews Flair and uh, Woman and Liz. And Mean Gene asks Flair for some of the champagne. And Flair feeds it to him. Doesn't give him the glass. Like, Mean Gene's holding the mic and Flair puts the glass up to his lips and tilts it back to give Mean Gene some champagne. Oh, it was fucking great.
0: A lot of shit was really going on, I guess, in that. I think I was just more happy to see
1: Malenko and Liger. Yeah, I know <laughs> it was yeah, it was a solid match, but it, it, I felt like it got taken away from. Malenko, oh, definitely this is the That's the match that they use a lot in the Monday Night Wars packages uh, on the network. Yeah on, on Peacock P- now. Um, okay. And it's Malenko giving Jushin Thunder Liger an Avalanche Gut Buster. It was pretty fucking sick, yeah,
0: dude. After that match, I was just like, he's gonna. Eat lightning, and he's going to crap thunder. <laughs> Next match was William Regal, or still Stephen Regal at this point, mm-hmm. against Sting. Take us through this one.
1: Wow, I didn't actually write much on this. Uh, what I wrote was that uh, Regal did a great job of selling his injuries from the parking lot match the previous week. Um. Oh. Which was awesome. It was a short match. Uh, you know, I I almost want to get my notes here. Um because Sting won with some weird like backslide or northern northern. It was like bridge it was a quick, something. Yeah. It was really yeah, weird. Quick pinfall. Yeah. Which
0: I liked. It was an out of nowhere pinfall. Yep. But Sting it, why I said bring us through this, you know, he's a little preoccupied because in the in the main event the Giant is going to be defending his world title against Sting's tag team partner, Lex Luger. But Luger's nowhere to be found. The replacement? (laughs) Ho! Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I go, oh my God. So, main event for main event, you have Taker and Owen versus Giant and Duggan. I'm like, well, all right,
1: let's see how this one goes. Heenan had the line of the night on this one. I go, is that, is that Jim Duggan? Heenan, yeah, that's Duggan. Who else looks that stupid? <laughs> 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 week by week, he proves why he's one of the best.
0: God damn, I love that. Um, look, I, I got to be honest. I didn't want to write much for the match because I was like, well, all right, let's be honest here. I know Duggan's not winning this thing. Sure. Uh, but We'll just go through, see how this goes. And uh, the only thing I have is the New York Yankee that came flying. No, no, no. That was Lex Luger. <laughs>
1: Why do I say New York Yankee go ahead explain why for me <laughs> Well it was it would be like a negative of a Yankee so he comes out wearing you know the you know how they you were know, a lot of wrestlers back in the day wore Zubaz right Oh yeah because they were you know they're they're you know, flowy and there's lots of room in there so imagine that big kind of like pillowy pants almost like hammer pants right um, but they, they almost look like they're expensive like Armani. So they're, like, dark, they're either black or, like, you know, they're black with, like, very tight white pinstripes on them. Like We'll Yankees say it's the like. mullet 90s version of what The Rock would dress like
0: in the late sure. 90s when he had his silk shirts, right? It was the, you're right, the Armani of Zubas. But, like you said, pinstripe pants. And a tank top to match. There it is. He came out and I go, is he here to wrap the match? What <laughs> the f- is going on? Yeah. And he came out with a briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I thought, I thought he I'm like, did he just did he win money in the bank? I swear to God, I go, he's cashing in. Then Sting and him are in the ring arguing with each other. And as they're going off the air, all I could do is just sit there and go, This dude's wearing matching pajama bottoms and tops and or top in the middle of the thing. That's a tank top and some helicopter or not? Heli- what do you call it? the uh, what are the baggy type uh, pants? What are those things called? Parachute back in the day? pants. Parachute. That's what it was. Yeah, it's exactly. Oh my god!
1: Well, it took away not- from
0: anything of what the angle of them breaking up or anything that's going on right now. All I know is, <laughs> if I was sting, I'd be like, "Why the fuck are you wearing that?" That's well, the first question. I don't even <laughs> care that you're late. I don't even care that you didn't even want
1: your world title match. Why the fuck are you wearing that? Well, you know, a man's got to be comfortable. And if you look closely, you can still, he still had a little bit of Liz on him, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that may have been a touch too soon.
1: (laughs) You can put a bumper over that if you want. I don't know. (laughs) Sounded right at the time.
0: Hey, you should have just changed his clothes. You know why? Because if I can change, (laughs) Lex Luger can change, and you can change, everybody can change. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Hole two, arm bar. Sword is real. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Hole three, the moss-covered, 3 handle family granuntals. They got the answers. I changed the questions. I did it for The Rock. This week's top topic. You know something, Mean Gene? Don't see. Wrestling's not fake. Uh-huh. The Rolex. Wearing. one Diamond ring. Wearing. one Kid stealing. Woo! Wheel and dealing. What? Limousine right. One Jet flag. One Son of a gun. Woo! Sierra. Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. Hey, yeah. following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias based order. Based off, the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you are listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com as always they do appreciate all feedback and continued support at the end of the day they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die and now this week's top topic gonna fly now here we go let's fly back in time to all of our favorite defunct wrestling television shows There are a lot of shows that we all grew up on. Different eras, you know, you have all different types of shows, whether it was on USA Network, TBS, TNT, TNN, Spike, or Pay-Per-View, if that was the only thing you really got to see. And I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't have one necessarily, an honorable mention for you, ODM, but I'm going to throw one out on the fly here because it's not really a TV show, but it's a little nod and a thank you to back in the day when cable boxes let you have squiggle vision. So our honorable mention goes out to squiggle vision. So you could watch some of the pay-per-view, listen to all of it and then go wait a little bit longer and you may see a tit or two. All right, here we go. The top 25 defunct wrestling TV show channel 99 <laughs> sure was. All right. Now some of these shows, I, I, I think, you know, we talked about it last week. There's going to be some that we all definitely remember. Some of these are going to be a throwback. Some of them, you have A shows, you have B shows, and some of these were C shows. And, and, you know, A being these are your highest rank. Raw is an A show. Unfortunately, SmackDown gets treated like a B show. (laughs) Wait, how did my, my, uh, we did last week with uh, MJF. You wrestle with a bunch of A's, so you look like a B. You look like a B with a bunch of A's. F you and your A all over your teeth. All right, so, oh, here we go. We-
1: Jesus. Yikes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we at the top of wrestling would like to apologize for the unexpected interruption. We are experiencing technical difficulties and expect to return to our normally scheduled podcast momentarily.
0: Number 25, WWE medals. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and say this is a C-show. Most likely a lot of the first several here are going to be in that category. This is one of the ones that was on USA and sometimes sometimes actually MTV. Very big C-show that was just really your, uh, let's say, Scotty to Hottie taking on a local wrestler. <laughs> that
1: sounds about okay. right.
0: That about explained that one. Number 24, WWE Jacked. Now, this is a C show, but it took over for replacing Shotgun Saturday Night. Once that was officially over, they needed another show for Saturday Nights, and Jack took that place. When
1: did they need it for? Number
0: 20. S. A. Did they need it
1: Boy. Eat. All right. I like
0: it when we just kind of throw so back I, that one. That's I got to derail things
1: one. every once in a while, you know?
0: Dude, hello. (laughs) I derail news every week. Number 23, WCW Pro. That was it. That was the name of it, WCW Pro. Another C show, a lot of squash matches. Not really storytelling, not really uh, progressing anything other than just showcasing some of your talent that doesn't really get your chances on some of your A and B shows. Number 22. WWF Action Zone. This was on USA Network and they started putting this on, I believe it was it was on Saturdays. But it was like right after Mania. They had, you know, a couple different shows going around the same time. But Action Zone started. They they were promoting it hard. Your first main event was Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Man, hell yeah. Let's watch it. Second week was the two dudes with attitudes, Shawn Michaels and Diesel, defending their tag team titles against the Head Shrinkers. After that, you never needed to tune in again. It was basically recaps of what may have (laughs) happened on Raw and a couple of squashes here and there. It became a pretty big throwaway show. Number 21. Now, this was one of my very big favorites that if you were fortunate enough to have the MSG channel, you got to find MSG Classics. In the mid-early 90s, they had Madison Square Garden Classics, which is basically, they were house shows. They were not like, uh, yeah, SummerSlam was in Madison Square Garden, 91, right? They weren't going to air that. Curtain call because. It, it, oh, yeah, exactly. Show, you know? Exactly. But not one that was no. taped for audiences to see. Right. Not all the time. This is all just your house show. A lot of these would have your Gorilla Monsoon and uh, Lord Alfred Hayes calling the match. I do say Brutus the Barber does look quite great right now. He's grown quite wary. So... <laughs> A couple years uh, in 2006, from 2006 to 2008, they actually brought it back and started promoting it actually on the uh, WWE television. They never used to do it before. It was just kind of something that if you had MSG, you were fortunate enough to see. Later down the road in the 2000s, they were, they pushed it a little bit, but they weren't really making anything off it. So I think after just what was said to be just a couple of seasons, quote-unquote, that went away. Number 20, another show on TBS from WCW. That's going to be a reoccurring theme, obviously, because <laughs> of Turner Broadcasting. But it's WCW Power Hour. It was once a B-show that turned into C, basically because of they started making other shows, especially once Nitro came around. I don't think Power Hour was really I, – I, I would love to see what the uh, – ratings or people watching, you know, the amount of people watching back at that time were, if it was over 400,000, I would have been shocked. (laughs) We, or even 4,000 actually, four, you know, just a thousand. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, It was mainly a squash show. Number 19. Here's a show that made up for a show that we'll talk about down the road here, but we have... On USA Network, you had its C-show, WWE Velocity, came around in the mid to late 2000s, and that's where you actually saw the likes of Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels. This is where some of them actually had a couple of matches that were pre-taped before a Raw or a SmackDown, and if you've been to a live show, that's exactly how a lot of these shows were done is they would do multiple shows. They would tape a couple at the same time. It, it would be funny when you would go to a raw, you get there early and you get to watch a Sunday night heat, or you get to watch Velocity or whatever was happening at that time. Number eighteen. this one I definitely remember when I was when I was younger. This was WWF All American Wrestling. This was a Sunday night show. It was pre-RAW days. It was really their only nightly wrestling show that actually had wrestling matches that were starting to progress your storylines, but it was more of your nighttime show. And one that kind of follows along with that in the same sense at number 17 is Tuesday Night Titans. That lasted from about the mid-80s to the early 90s. More of a B show. That was definitely squash matches, not much that was... Uh, happening on there that was storyline progressing. Number 16. This would happen on Sunday nights at 605 on TBS. <laughs> WCW main event. Again, another show that turned from B to C once other shows came into play. Mostly squash matches, but you did get a lot of great interviews. That's one thing I will say back in the day WCW used to do a lot of interviews where a guy held a mic right to them and talked. WWF with a lot of their B and C shows were a guy standing in front of a transparency green screen that has their logos in the background. Like Warrior would have all of his face paint looking logos in the background and they're all pre-taped as opposed to trying to talk with someone. But then again, we do see the hang on. Let me start over. We're live, pal. (laughs) (laughs) Number 15, this was kind of random that WWF did this because they started it in 96, late 96, early 97, and that is WWF Shotgun Saturday Night. They were trying to get that indie crowd feel, the ECW rowdy crowd, and they were doing it in... Manhattan and in one of the most infamous matches is Triple H versus the Undertaker where Undertaker tombstones uh, Triple H on an escalator. that kid is still on the escalator. <laughs> Throwback this it it was treated like it was their indie crowd and rowdy kind of nighttime show. It went away pretty quick, and then it just became shotgun Saturday night it was pre-taped before RAW or whatever show, like everything else was. Fourteen, WWE Confidential. This one was kind of hit or miss if people were able to see or not, but it was on the USA Network at like weird times. It was like Saturday nights at like eleven o'clock, but it was hosted by Mean Gene, and this is the, you know. Kayfabe is now really dead around this time. We're talking 2002, three, four-ish, and it, maybe even five and six at that point. But now they're starting to dissect things that really happened, like the Montreal screw job. That was one of the biggest confidential episodes, and that's where Michaels admits to everything on there. That's one of the first times he actually admits that, yeah, I knew all about it. And this is, you know, because you have a lot of documentaries nowadays, DVDs, things like that. When Confidential came on, it was kind of like what we're we're talking about right now—the these biographies and all these behind-the-scenes types shows. Confidential was really starting to dig into that. Did you ever get a chance to watch any of those? No, I didn't. I, uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with that at all. Oh man! And. Hosted by Mean Gene, the greatest. So, I I mean, he was there throughout a lot of the things that they talked about, too. Number 13. You know, this is like one of those things, and you feel like you're doing really, really well, and you go for more, but you probably shouldn't. Well, that's probably what WCW should have done, was just maybe not go for Thunder. WCW Thunder was a decent show to have around at first, but... They should have just focused on Nitro if they wanted to continue the Monday Night Wars because everything obviously went downhill from there. Thunder was supposed to be not only just a B show, it was supposed to be a rival A show where they were going to take all WCW talent and put them on Thunder and your NWO talent is the ones that stay on Nitro. It was kind of their own brand split at that time, which is kind of innovative if you think about it because at that time, WWE or WWF at that time definitely was not doing a brand split. No. So WCW was kind of already thinking about it, which could have been smart had they went that road. I know they thought, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they say SmackDown was supposed to be an all-women show at one point? Oh, I never heard that. I feel like I heard that somewhere tonight. But then I could be lying. Who knows? (laughs) Number 12, WWF slash WWE Sunday Night Heat. This was great because at first they started to really put storylines into this, and you had your big names on there. Rock, Austin, McMahon, all these guys. But again, a lot of these were being taped right before Raw. Minus the day of the pay-per-view. You have two options for your pre-show or pre-gaming when you're watching the pay-per-view back in the Attitude Era and things like that. You could either watch the countdown with all the recaps, or you could watch Sunday Night Heat right now and see if anything changes right before it. One of my favorite ones that I, I fondly remember was the night of Breakdown, 98. Sunday Night Heat. Actually, we are all at a buddy's house watching this, and I remember we're watching, and McMahon is in the ring, and he's promoting the cage match that is to be with... Uh, Mick Foley, Ken Shamrock, and The Rock. And then later in the night, we're also going to have Austin defending his title against Undertaker and Kane. And while he's in there, Austin was the fucking cameraman the whole time. Has a beard on, a wig, all this shit. Strips down and beats the piss out of McMahon. If you were watching the countdown, you didn't see that stuff. So, it made you tune in. Their ratings must have been great for pay per views when they, when they would do Sunday Night Heat. They would do it on USA Network, and I think they also did it on MTV at some points. too. Yeah, this was my that but, was
1: one of my favorite shows because it did it. It led into the pay per views, so if you got them, it was it was perfect. Uh, but because of that, there was always the potential for something big to happen. So uh, yep. for a B show, it really held a lot of clout at that time. I, yeah, it was one of my favorites.
0: Absolutely. I agree with that. For a B-show, it really did. It was probably one of the stronger B-shows, especially in that era. You know, because, I mean, it it was really just Raw or Nitro at that point. And, you know, Sunday Night Heat was kind of a hit or miss. Number 11, this one was a very unique show that was only around for so many seasons as a show. And it's WWE Tough Enough. They made it a part of right after Raw. A couple of, of seasons. One, a couple of seasons was also on MTV, where you had to check in on different nights and watch it. And that's where you get to see the likes of Maven, John Morrison, Matt Capitelli, Nydia, all the greats that were actually a part of that. Christopher Nowinski. Um, I mean, so many great ones, um, and then a lot of bad ones too. Also, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, but I, it was it was a great show because it really pulled back the curtain. Showing you the pain that people go through to become a wrestler, but then each week you had a wrestler coming in, and my favorite one—go YouTube this if you guys ever—if you have not watched it, it's Triple H punks the Tough Enough cast, and he's he's sitting there, he's like, "Say so you want to be a he's you want to be a star, huh?" They're like, "Yeah." Why? He's like, "I love the business," and this is Maven who's saying that, and Triple H goes, "Because you want the girls, the fame, the sex, all the money that." you don't think he, he goes, you goes think you're going to get your ass kicked every week and think you're going to be okay with it and he's and then saying to other people, "Hey, you got a husband? He's at home. What's he doing? You got a wife? She's at home. What's he doing?" Don't know. Making them really think about if you get into this business, you're in it for life. But the funniest part was this one big guy takes a bump and Triple H goes, "That's real nice, but uh you got a hole in your shorts and your nuts are hanging out." <laughs> All right. Oh, go watch it. It's a tremendous uh, episode. The, the The show really was, it was really, really cool to watch. They brought it back with Austin and Trish Stratus and everybody a couple of years later into the 2000s, or it was like 2011 for a couple of years, but nothing really major ever came of it. The first couple of years, great to watch. Number 10. This was a B-ish show, and I say that because it was kind of like uh, a show we'll talk about later on, but... WWF Wrestling Challenge. This one, I'm going to pull the wool over, or I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. It doesn't matter. Later on, we'll be talking about superstars of wrestling, of course. We all remember that show. Wrestling Challenge and superstars would often be taped at the same time, and then you'd have storylines going between both. It was kind of like your Raw and SmackDown of the early 90s. What was funny, though, is that sometimes if you were watching superstars, you would catch the Wrestling Challenge banner or vice versa. You would see it in the <laughs> arena. They had right. to—they shot from different angles. And I know this because I was at a show in Rochester one night where they taped both shows. It was a long-ass show, and they did both. And you didn't know which one was going to be on which. You're like, oh, now i got to watch both shows to see where I'm at. But Wrestling Challenge, it did actually progress storylines. It actually did have... Uh, feuds, and it would actually have meaningful matches. It wasn't just all squashes all the time. Number nine. This was definitely a C show with mainly squashes, but good interviews. This is what I used to love about WCW. They took their C show, which was WCW worldwide wrestling, and they would use it to promote your Saturday night show. You know, Saturday night was their big one on TBS that everybody would remember. Well, on sunday or whenever worldwide was on i believe it was sunday nights that's when you really start to push and get people to start coming on saturday well don't forget next week i'm going to be there and that's when i'm going to fight yada 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 yada. that was a horrible promo
1: wow it was but we get the idea i think you (laughs) captured the spirit of the thing
0: Uh, there was very little spirit but all right (laughs) number eight wwf live wire Here's a little throwback to the last season. You may remember one of the openings with Jim Ross losing his fucking mind. You got to learn how to think on, on your feet. The air. <laughs> if you're going to call, folks, you got to be thinking of here. <laughs> Who do you think's going to win? I don't I don't care. <laughs> the I fans would it. call in, <laughs> "Oh my god. <laughs> he was a dick." <laughs> but he's. St- Still the same dick, and everybody still loves him. So hey, it's cool. Yeah. Now it's just okay because he could be a senile dick, and it's all right. Ruff. Sorry, folks, I sneezed. But uh, you would have various hosts throughout this. Uh, you had McMahon sometimes. You had and it was different, you know, combos. You'd have Cornette and McMahon, Cornette and Sonny, uh, Vince Russo and uh, Jim Ross, which was the one that actually was that. But he wasn't Vince Russo on that show. If I'm not mistaken, he was Vic Venom because that's what he was when he was the columnist for the magazine. Wow. Another show that was great in. in oh, let me back up. I'm sorry. Live Wire didn't have live wrestling matches. They would show you recaps from Raw, things like that. Mania started. WWF Mania. Number seven, it started with actually having a little bit of both, where you'd actually see the mania banner, and then I think they're like, "Ah, oh, let's stop ma- doing this. Let's just make it a recap show." And it was generally Todd Pettengill inside the production studio, where you see him walking around and they're talking. The to... it's always funny. There was like no workers, but there was like eighty TVs <laughs> going at once, showing all different wrestling. Macho Man was a was a co-host with him when he was, uh, you know, not wrestling. So he, you know, when he's is. Uh, Commentary days. Basically, what drove him out of WWF at the time. I loved Todd Pentangle as a host. I thought he was funny as shit. He he would. I don't know. He was just. I liked him
1: for sure. Like you look back on here, like yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, totally.
0: That's a show I think they need to re-release on the network. Where do you go wrong with watching a good old Bastion Booger match? (laughs) All right, number six. If you were lucky enough to find it. In its early, early days, that was awesome. ECW Hardcore TV. From like 95 to 97. It was tough to find it if you had. Because it was on like uh, local programming type channels, you know, like where. But you had to find it at like 2 a.m. Then finally, ECW did make its jump over to TNN, which would later become Spike TV. That is. That's funny because I always loved when they did finally get onto the network, and that's the infamous Paul Heyman. Hey, network, fire me. Throw me off the air. I dare (laughs) you. The original shoot promo guy. God, he was the shit. Right. Uh, But ECW, it would show you, actually, they would even be like, if you missed the pay-per-view, Well, here's what happened. And it wasn't just snapshots like WWE would show you. They were showing you part of the match, or actually a good chunk, or all of the match. So ECW, because it was, at that time, they're like, well, not many people are going to buy our stuff, so we'll show it in any way we can. But Like I said, if you were fortunate enough to watch it, it was great. It came on either right before or right after Life Without Shame. Number five is W... Yeah, that's a good throwback. Number five. That's a good one. WWE... <laughs> WWF Primetime Wrestling. This match was or I'm sorry, this match, this show, you would get a couple of matches, and again, you'd have the banner. It was matches that were made for this show. But it had that tonight show kind of feel. First, I used to have someone sitting behind the desk. It would be either Piper and Monsoon, Monsoon and Heenan, McMahon and Hillbilly Jim, or, you know, it was all random sometimes, you know, but it had that. Johnny Carson type feel where it was, you'd bring the wrestlers on and you see them out of the wrestling ring and doing something different. Sometimes it was hokey. Sometimes it was progressing storylines. I mean, one of my favorite was believe it or not watching red rooster go after, uh, Bobby Heenan on there. And then Brooklyn brawler jumps him. Sounds really bad, right? But it ended up being a match, (laughs) but it led to things. They actually had progressing storylines Later down the road, you would remember they did it almost like a conference table. And they would have like six or seven guys sitting around. One side would have like Heen and Mr. Perfect uh, and a couple of, or maybe a couple other guys. Other side, you'd have Macho Man Piper. And in the middle, you'd have McMahon. It, it was a roundtable kind of discussion. Really great show. Uh, it died out pretty much once Raw kicked in because there was really no need for people to be watching that primetime because you got the primetime slot on Monday nights. Number four. At one time, it was definitely their A show and it it was probably the biggest show that they had before, really, the Monday Night Wars. WCW, Saturday Night. I mean, that was top matches. You were seeing... Flair and Regal, Sting versus Flair, Steamboat and Flair. I mean, it, Road Warriors and, and Nasty Boys, everybody everybody was there. It was not throwaway show. It was not squash matches. You may have one or two in there to sprinkle in and calm the crowd down. But for the most part, the show was their A show. And that's probably the one that you paid attention to the most when you were growing up, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the one. I mean, because even uh, when Nitro came on, it was still running. You know, obviously it was getting overshadowed, so a lot of what it seemed like they were airing seemed lesser than Nitro, and that's just because of, you know, the new night and the competition with Raw. But, yeah, I mean, this was the show because this is where you found out what was happening. This is where you found out who was feuding, why, what the resolution was going to be. Yeah, there was always big names.
0: And it's, it's funny because before Thunder, they actually used... Saturday night as their B-show, and the Outsiders would show up on it, things like that. They made it a, a pretty decent B-show. But then once Thunder came in, your general main event match was like Horace Hogan versus Hugh Morris on uh, Saturday night. and It was pretty much a throwaway show by, I think, 2000. If I'm not mistaken, I think they stopped taping by the year 2000. Yeah, I mean, obviously, not r- like you had much more after that, well, but I think like yeah, right in the exactly. beginning. <laughs> no, it's
1: safe to say. But I mean, you know, the thing is the storylines, you know, even when it was with uh, Nitro, storylines still flowed back and forth. There were times on Nitro where they would show you a recap of what happened on Saturday night because uh, it factored in. So it definitely had a lot of clout
0: which we've been seeing actually even in the Monday Night Wars that we're watching right now. They they sprinkle back a couple of things with Nitro. They're like in this past week on Saturday night or this Saturday night you got to watch because it's going to be Sting and Luger taking on Harlem Heat. And I was like, shit, I wish we had all the other shows too so we could really dive in the 96 together.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of wrestling.
0: <laughs> At number three, I gave this one a tie, and it's because, honestly, they're not – TV shows that were consistently episodic weeks area a weekly episodic type show. It was WWF Saturday night's main event. And then we're also talking about WCW clash of champions. Saturday night's main event. We did an entire, uh, couple of episodes, if I'm not mistaken about that, about uh, Saturday nights on figure. Yeah. First season clash of champions. We haven't really touched on. And I weirdly wish that we would a little more, uh, Clash had 35 airings and I believe that Saturday night main event had about 25 altogether. Saturday night, of course, Saturday night main event, WWS version did kind of come back in the mid two thousands, but it was poorly done and no one really cared about it. But in it is heyday. You were getting about three to four shows a year. And that's pretty much what the clash was like. And that's why I think may not be a, Consistent TV show every week, but they had to make this list, and some of the biggest moments happened on both of those shows. Number two. Let me ask you, actually, when you take a look at how I did number one and number two, I haven't even asked you yet, ODM. What are your thoughts? Are you shocked, or I'll I'll explain why? But are you shocked?
1: Um, I, I think when you look at it, it's easy to be shocked. But here's here's the way that I view it. Number two, technically isn't a defunct show. It it is because it no longer exists, but the format, for the most part, still exists. Whereas, number one, that format does not exist. Well,
0: come on, you can't say because dynamite.
1: (laughs) No, 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 that's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, I, but, well, when I say defunct,
0: I mean just that TV show itself, it that doesn't exist. But
1: that's why I think number one deserves to be number one, because the format, let alone the show, doesn't really exist anymore. Correct. So, and. Yeah.
0: Not to mention longevity too. That's one of the main reasons I did that. Okay. So now that we've, you know, just went number one, number two, one, two, A, B, C, all that shit today. Number two is WCW, Monday Nitro. And at number one, we have WWF, Superstars of Wrestling. Why are they in that order? Well, Nitro is what it and is. We've talked about it enough, We especially with our Monday Night Wars. But, you know, being the biggest opposition threat ever to date to... The man, WWE, of course that was going to make it in the top two. But why Superstars takes number one? Yeah, it was mainly filled with squash matches. You'd have some progressing-type storylines, but it was your interviews. It was your introducing squash matches alone. Yeah, you're like, well, the matches weren't that great. Fine, but you knew everybody. You knew who they were. You They weren't wasting 47 finishers on one person. You saw one finisher, and that's what they did. And you're like, wow, what happens when that DDT goes against the chokeslam? Holy shit. And also, this is pre-internet days. Yeah. This is where you had to wait for them to go to the control center, and Sean Mooney had to give you the list of when they're going to start making the rounds for house show. You're like, Kentucky, no. Maryland, no. oh New York. Oh, Albany, fuck me. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> But I used to love that. And then they even used to do just that. They're like, you'd have, and we have word from Bret Hart about his upcoming match this Saturday night in Hartford, Connecticut against Million Dollar Man. No one got to see the match, but we all got to hear this promo. And it left you going, oh, I wish I could see that. So when they finally did lock up on real television, you were excited about it. I think Superstars was. You, Like you said, it's a concept that's not done anymore. They tried bringing it back in uh, 2012. I remember it because they brought it back pretty much like right on the day I got married or right around it. And their first match was WWE Champion CM Punk versus World Champion Sheamus. Stupidest thing you could have done was ever build it up like this is what you're going to see weekly. Because then once you started seeing these stupid squash matches, people were like, oh, I don't want to watch anymore. Right. They didn't do it. Is it a demotion to be there? Maybe. But it's at least getting you a chance to get on TV and be seen. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is, you know, get signed by WWE and go to fucking Velocity. But... You gotta start somewhere. Velocity, Jack, all those all those shows were like superstars. It was squash matches mainly, but it was still interviews progressing. And you know what else it was? It's a Saturday morning at ten or eleven. If you fuck up your promo, yo, it's a kid who's watching. No one really gives a (laughs) shit, dude. You know, and it was perfect time for people to brush up on their skills instead of waiting for him to come to Raw. And then Roman does that ridiculous looking face that he does, or he does uh, suffering succotash, whatever the fuck that is. I digress. I really wish that they still had good squash shows like this. It's needed. It's extremely needed. And that's our list for top 25 shows that we just don't have anymore in wrestling that... I'm sure that when you really bring it down memory lane, we all miss, especially certain eras. Like I said, mania, that was my favorite thing on Saturday mornings, Um, especially when I would get grounded and I wasn't able to watch raw (laughs) Saturday mornings. Both parents are at work. Todd Pettengill is going to fill me in what the fuck happened on raw. Don't worry about it (laughs) next week. nightwing He is going to be back with his analyst and his good shit of the week. And in two weeks, our top topic, we're going to be back, and it is going to be the greatest wrestling match ever debate. Uh Uh-oh. What does that mean? Well, for the next two weeks, ODM and The Professor, we're going to be here just kind of thinking about what really is the greatest wrestling match of all time. And to be honest with you, it's not just what's our favorite. Really, what is the greatest wrestling match that if you had to show one match to one person that could ever get them to watch? I mean, yeah, you could throw, you could show someone, you know, Mick Foley being thrown off the cell and it might be intriguing, but a wrestling match. And I'm not saying it has to be the most pure wrestling match of all time. Do we come to the table with the same match? Do we come with different matches? Are we going to argue? I can't wait. I'm actually really excited about this topic. Two weeks from now, greatest wrestling match ever debate. Next week, of course, we will be back with Monday Night Wars as well. And things are heated up next week for sure. I'm excited. Nitro is going to get really exciting. And Raw, probably. Oh, man, maybe we'll get more vignettes of, uh, he just smelled so good.
1: (laughs) (coughs) Or... We can't wait to see what Lex Luger is going to be wearing. Oh, God.
0: I hope this one's pink this week. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is The Professor. I bid you a farewell. And as always, as the theme has been going, ODM is going to leave us with this week's movie of the week quote. And I'm going to go... Now, wow. Hang on. Back up. Back up. Back up. I can't even leave without saying, yo, Chicago last week. Vince McMahon can really sing Chicago. That was pretty badass. (laughs) All right. So, as I'm going to leave you, or as ODM's going to leave you this week, he's going to leave you with a movie quote in the form of The Undertaker.
1: Okay. (laughs) These get interesting. These get more interesting. If he dies, he rests in peace.
0: The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by